So I just I got a bunch of blood work done because I was worried that something was wrong. I've been feeling like kind of like down, kind of irritable, just having some like sweating issues. I was like, you know what? I'm a doctor. I can diagnose myself. I must have hyperthyroidism. So I looked it up. I put all my symptoms in like a, you no, know, this is probably not something I should share, but like as a doctor, I put all my symptoms into like a symptom thing online. You know, you think I'd just so like you, go to a textbook. Web, as an actual doctor, yeah. you WebMD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. happened. Okay. So, and, and it was like, you have hyperthyroidism or bipolar disorder. And I was like, nah, I don't know. So I, so I went and got my blood work done and my thyroid was normal. <laughs> so I don't think I have bipolar disorder. I just think that WebMD is incorrect. What does the other guy think about bipolar disorder? The the other guy in my head? Yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, so all yeah, my what? blood work was normal. Doctor, and I was actually man. irritated that all my blood work was normal because I realized that I just have to change my attitude and I'd much rather take a pill. You know? I was kind of like hoping something was wrong. Attitude. What's that? How's that going to stop a sweating issue? Well, I mean, it's like maybe I drank a caffeine drink before bed and yeah. then couldn't figure out why I had insomnia, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't want to change my lifestyle and attitude. I'd rather take medicine because my thyroid's off. Right. But my thyroid's not off, so... Unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to just be a better person. Anyway, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the Back to Basis podcast. Uh, we are going to break down a topic for you today that is not that complicated. How are you getting the intro wrong again? What do you mean I'm getting the intro you gotta wrong? you got to say we're the Back to Basis podcast. I'm like Christopher Seitz. I'm an ER physician, and this is my brother, Jason. That's me. Firefighter paramedic point, nurse. Though, what do we do in this podcast? We break down complicated medical topics. We break them down to basics so that you can better understand them and reach your patients better. Simple right. as that. Then what we have to do is talk about Guardian CME because if someone listens to this on Spotify and then they have to listen to it on Guardian CME again for their credit, they get all mad and they send me an email. But oh. it's just the way things are, people. If you want a credit for this, an EMS continued education credit, go to www.guardiancme.com right now and watch it there before you listen to it on Spotify or I podcasts what is it called apple Podcasts, apple podcasts or anchor or anything like that so that you can get your credit and you don't have to re-listen to it or if you're smart listen to it on spotify in the car and then just play it on your computer and walk away oh, like whoa. we're all acting like that's not a way that you can cheat the system you just walk away from it it'll play for a half hour you come back you take your test you're good to go you got the credit just whatever you do just stop emailing jason is the that's that's the main message here. Is stop emailing Jason. I'm sorry. I've been irritable. My hyperthyroidism. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So yes, today's topic is going to be pneumothoraces. Yep. So we're talking about pneumothoraces. It's it can be complicated. Pneumothoraces can be complicated. We're not going to make them complicated today. We're going to keep it basic because the reality is is it doesn't need to be complicated. <laughs> I thought you were the reality is it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, no, it matters. But we're going to break it down. So there are. Let's what is, talk about what the is lung a pneumothorax first? The pneumothorax is a collapsed lung. That's how people like to, yes. to describe it, right? Gotcha. Now, like we do with everything in medicine, we define like eight different ways that you can have a collapsed lung. And that's fine. We define it certain ways because three. the treatment. Three I know there's only three. There's like three or four. No, three? There's three, and then we're, we're also three. just going to talk about hemothorax. But actually, there's more than that, which I'll talk about, but we won't go over it. Okay. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> Sounds so, like you got an outline. So, no. So, anyway, so we have. Pneumothoraces, which is a collapsed lung. We define it a couple different ways based on what type of what caused that collapsed lung because the treatments may vary a little bit, right? Gotcha. But a collapsed lung is a collapsed lung. So first, as with everything, we have to talk about that anatomy. So a lung is like a spongy tissue. It's not a balloon, all right? So it's not like you pop the balloon and now your lung is collapsed and you have to like blow it back up. That's not how a pneumothoraces work, okay? So... The lung is like a very spongy-like tissue, right? 
obviously all your, all your alveoli and stuff like that. But Which where, are the grape-like clusters where oxygen is exchanged, is exchanged with CO2. Perfect. We can go that basic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but what I want to talk about more is the pleura. So the pleura is the like fibrous covering around the lung. Okay. And this is where people get confused. There's not a lung and then outside of the lung, your chest wall. There's two other layers that we need to talk about. They're right I thought outside. you were about to tell me that like the lung was built into the chest or something like that. Because no. you were like, there's two other layers in between. But the way you worded it made it sound like there's no chest wall or something. Like the lung is part of that. And it confused me a lot. Oh, yeah. No. That would so there is there very much is a lung and then the chest wall. There's things in between though. Oh, there's not. G- okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. I was like, you know this. Yeah, no, there's there is. I'm like the chest wall doesn't You're exist. Like, it's not You're, even there. Touch your chest right now. That's your lung. That's your lung. <laughs> okay, no, no. So there, it's not only a lung and then the chest wall. There are two layers in between that. Now, when your lung is fully inflated, like those layers are like all right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. When you have a pneumothorax there then we got to talk about where that air is, okay? So that's why I want to talk about this first. So you have the lung sitting right on top of the lung, like a little blanket, a little blanket right on top of that lung. A little cozy is your, pillow sack? Like a little pillow, I don't like that. What pillow do you mean pillow sack? Is that, isn't that what it's called? Pillow case is yeah. what Yeah, <laughs> <That's> a pillow <laughs> sack. <laughs> All right, a pillow case. Yeah. Sure. So it's like it's like you've laid a pillow case. That's a really good example. Let's it's like it a tempur The lung is like a tempur pillow, spongy tissue. Uh, yep. The pleura is like a pillowcase over it. A pillowcase over it, yep. Also known as pillow so, sack. <laughs> no, no, not called that. Um, so th- that is the visceral pleura. So visceral, when, when we're talking about like visceral things, they're usually like more internal, right? So mm-hmm. the, there's the visceral pleura, which sits like lays as like a blanket right on top of the lung. And then on the, what's attached to the chest wall is the parietal pleura. A garbage bag over the pillowcase. So actually, I would look at, like, think about it this way instead. You have a pillowcase that you've sewed both ends shut, right? So hear me out. Hear me okay. out. You've got a pillowcase. You've sewed the ends shut. There's no pillow in it. It's an empty pillowcase. You've, sew- <laughs> you've sewed the mouth of the pillowcase shut, okay? Okay. Just bear with me. I gotcha. You lay that pillowcase on top of a lung, and you glue one side of the pillowcase to the lung and one side of the pillowcase to the chest wall. Like a hot pocket. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. I understand. Right? So, okay. So now there is this potential space where a pillow would have gone in this pillowcase. When it's all stuck together, when the chest wall, when the lung is fully inflated and that glued part of the pillowcase is on the lung and the glued part, the other end that's glued to the chest wall is all smashed together. That's just like a normal person sitting there. Right? Yeah. When you have a pneumothorax... You get a tear in that lung and visceral pleura, so now the oxygen starts pushing into where that pillowcase space is. I'm going to be honest with you. You've explained this very well. Not in the form of an analogy in any way, though. The pillowcase now you have just replaced with the visceral pleura. But I'm just trying to get you to visualize like yeah. two layers of with like a potential space in between them, right? Yeah. Gotcha. That's all I'm saying. You got lung... You got visceral pleura. You brought you got the pillow space, case. and then you've got parietal. In pleura. fact, you brought up a pillow sack, and that doesn't even make yeah. any sense. Gotcha. But I, I do like that you pointed out that the visceral pleura is connected to the chest wall. It's right. attached to the chest wall. Right. So, like, we like to think of it like uh, I think a lot of times our people are like, there's the lung, and there's two layers on top of that, and they're 
is, is and there, <laughs> there is, is yeah. but that outer layer is attached to the chest wall. And so it's like as much part of that as it is part of the lung too. Right. And why it's important to understand that is that now think about that analogy, right? Think about that visual of like a lung and those two layers with a potential space between them and one side's attached to the chest wall. If I collapse that lung and pull away from that, the there's a whole space now that air can enter. And it's not that air is not right up against the chest wall. It's up, it's up against that parietal pleura. So you can and you can end up tearing both in like an open pneumothorax, which we'll talk about. Which so you have to understand where the where the air is going when there's a tear. So there is a space between the visceral pleura mm-hmm. and the parietal pleura. Yep. And what is usually in that space? So normally you just have like a thin layer of like fluid, and like a surfactant like fluid. When we talk about surfactant, which surrounds our alveoli, it just basically make sure that they don't like collapse. So like when I'm breathing tension so that it won't. Yeah. yeah, So like when I'm, it's almost like an, like an, almost like an oily substance in between Mm -hmm. so that they don't just like rub against each other all rough. Right. Like, so as you're breathing in that, you have some some shifting between the lung and the chest wall with those two pieces of tissue there. They kind of just smoothly run. I'm trying to think of a good analogy of like something that you'd put a wrap over and then you'd need some sort of like lubricant in between to make it, but I can't. No. It's just escaping me. Yeah, it's escaping you. Uh, we'll move on. So that's the... It's escaping me like it's like this Trojan horse inside of my yeah, mind. Yeah, your mind that you can't, can't Trojan. think of that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so basically when you have a collapsed lung, that's where the air is escaping to for the most part, right? And that's where we start with like a simple pneumothorax. So in a simple pneumothorax, you get a tear in the visceral pleura and the lung tissue... And now when you take a deep breath, it goes into your lung. It goes out the hole that's kind of in your lung and the hole that is in that visceral pleura and starts to fill that potential space. So in a simple pneumothorax, like the air can exchange back and forth a little bit. So what happens is is that as soon as that kind of ruptures, air air gets pushed in there and the lung collapses. Now, it might be part of the lung. As you know, your lung has multiple like lobes to it. So it's not necessarily your whole lung collapsing into nothing. It can. It can really collapse down into like nothing at all. Obviously, those people are going to present with crazy shortness of breath, hypoxia. They have a whole lung that's collapsed. Or it might be part of the lung has collapsed. But when we get a chest x-ray, we're going to see the lung and then this space where it's like black because there's air sitting there. Mm-hmm. But that's that parietal pleura is still attached to the chest wall. Right. So it's the whole idea is that the entire structure has not collapsed down into like a little small circle. The interior spongy lung tissue has collapsed on itself because of the air that is in that in-between space mm-hmm. on the outer co- right. covering. In now, between the sewed on pillowcase and... Right. So you can actually break down simple pneumothoraces into like multiple subcategories. You can have a spontaneous simple pneumo. You can have a traumatic simple pneumo. You can have a primary second, a primary simple pneumo and a secondary simple pneumo. Well, the first two are just obviously mechanism of like injury right. or the, right. cause, the underlying cause of yeah. the like. So you can like have a spontaneous a, a lot of times happens when you have like a very skinny young like adult that just like they can just like take a deep breath and their lung can collapse. I mean, not really. No, it, it but happens. Like, yeah, it can. Spontaneous pneumos, one hundred percent. If you're looking at like a like a like a very skinny person that doesn't have a lot of meat on their bones, 
Like that's what like like the stats show that a lot of times yeah. it's like young male skinny people. Yeah, yeah, they can, they're more predisposed to a simple pneumothorax, a spontaneous simple pneumothorax, because like they're as they're growing, like their, their lung tissue is like more stretched out to begin with a little yeah. bit, kind of, so it can more rupture. We see it a lot with COPD people because they develop like trauma to their lungs through smoking in a sense so they get what's called blebs or like bubbles on their lungs which can like spontaneously rupture hmm. and then that will tear and cause a simple pneumothoraces as well um so technically so if you break down like primary and secondary simple pneumos primary is like what we just talked about where it just like it, you had a big a horrible cough and just something ruptured secondary is like there was something there first so like the copd example would be like a secondary it's it doesn't matter you don't have to define you don't have to subcategorize these yeah, down sure. just know that like just helps you people d- can. helps you understand it yeah. better okay this is a primary like it's an issue with the lung versus right. well it's an issue with the lung collapsing mechanically as opposed to a secondary mm-hmm. issue like other disease processes caused an, an environment that made it easier right, for the right. lung to collapse right now interestingly enough and i don't think people realize this that your body will absorb the air that's in that space over time so your body heals itself, right? So if I get a rupture in my lung and a rupture in my visceral pleura, and that eventually will scar down and heal. And now I won't get more air in that space. And over time, my body would slowly absorb all that air. It would just take a super long time if the pneumothoraces is big enough. So typically what we do is we put in a chest tube, right? So now we put a hole from the outside we, we cut through the chest wall. We cut through that visceral pleura, which is very thin. Like you wouldn't even know, you wouldn't even notice it. Like it's very thin. And now you put a tube in there to pull all that ox, that air out of that potential space so that the lung can like reinflate. And then we keep that chest tube in there long enough for the, which is usually like within a day or two, long enough for the body to heal that wound on the inside. And then we remove the tube and close the hole so that no air can get in that space again. And then that inside where, where we've made trauma now to the outside will heal as well. And we're back to normal. But the original hole wasn't from the outside. It was from the inside. Right. Right. And that's where I think people get because like we get caught up on the whole idea of like a collapsed lung. We think like bullet wound, open, which we'll get to. Right. But like we think that like the trauma is coming through the parietal entrance or mm-hmm. right so you have the, you have the two sides of the wall basically we, we're thinking parietal like it comes from the outside and pokes a hole in mm-hmm. but most of the time what's happening with simples and things like that is the hole is actually coming from the interior portion like coming from the right. lung side through the visceral right exactly exactly gotcha. so cool. so that's simple pneumothoraces again the, the the injury if you will is on the inside mm-hmm. and we have to we can only come from the outside to get that air out of there right yeah. but again if now, this happens a lot where you can have a simple pneumothoraces, which if it's only like maybe 10% of the lung volume or like 10% of the chest wall has air in that potential space, sometimes we don't put a chest tube in because the body will resorb that. It just takes a little while. And if it's not causing crazy symptoms like hypoxia, that could put you at risk of other problems, right? No hypoxia, no shortness of breath, or maybe mild shortness of breath. We may leave that to absorb on its own. Which I don't think people necessarily understand. Necessarily, that, yeah. that would even in a severe pneumothoraces, like back in the day, you could as long as you weren't hypoxic for too long, which causes secondary issues. Like you could resorb that air over a long period of time with supportive care. Right. Now that brings us to tension pneumothorax. Tension pneumothorax can be from a spontaneous, or it can be from an open, which we'll get to open. But a tension pneumothorax is where now the air is escaping into that space, filling that space. 
and pushing down on that lung, collapsing it, but continuing to fill with more and more air. We're now starting to push on other things. It's pushing on the heart. It's pushing on the, you know, like aorta. It's pushing on the other lung. It's pushing on the other lung. Whereas now we're starting to have other problems because there's so much tension in that space that it's pushing on other things. So it's not so much that like, and again, when we think about the balloon, it's not so much that like the balloon deflated or anything like that. And if any, if we want to use a balloon analogy, if anything, the balloon is getting too much air in it, right? Yeah. But the balloon is that space in between the outer not layers the lung of your itself. lungs, yeah, not exactly. the lung itself. Right? Exactly. So in this case scenario, in, a, in an emergency, emergency situation where this person is going to die because we're disrupting the cardiac function and they're so hypoxic that they don't have brain, they're getting brain ischemia because we're, all this tension's pushing down on the we would needle decompress. So that's where we're just going to literally shove a needle in their anterior wall and let that air come out quickly. I've had people who had tension pneumothoraces who weren't that critically ill where we just put a chest tube in. Cause right. it's, it's the same thing. Well, right? the needle, like from the pre-hospital side, like, like my, my time as a paramedic, like needle decompressions, like people, I think assume when they learn about them, like we like poke them once and it drains off that air and it's good to go. Like, no, you have to continuously decompress them because you're not stopping well, the, yeah, you the put a needle pressure buildup, right? So the pressure yeah. keeps building up, and you put a needle in, and then a lot of times you'll have to put a second needle in later to drain it again because it'll or heal you up that, space that one easy. needle. So you can put a needle in, pull the stopper off of it, let all the air out, put the stopper back on, and maybe you're gonna have to go back and remove that stopper again to let another like rush of air come out. Type yeah. Of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a tension pneumothorax. So that can be from a simple. That can be from a simple pneumothorax, mm-hmm. or it can be be from a more traumatic. Or open pneumothorax. It's more for a, it's a development from a pneumothorax that it, it's a development from a pneumothorax, like a complication of it. Where like if you have that air expanding in that space, well now it's defined as a tension. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. and it's causing issues. I think so. You can listen for things like if you're not sure, you're gonna have like like as you're evaluating the patient, you're going to have lung sounds on only one side, obviously, because one of your lungs has collapsed, but you're also going to hear things like muffled heart tones mm-hmm. and like issues where it's starting to put pressure on. You might see JVD, yeah, jugular, so jugular venous jugular distension. Venous distension or, no, you won't see JVD. You'll see, uh, you're thinking tracheal deviation. But you can, say G- you can see JVD as well, because if you're pushing on the inferior v- vena cava, oh, you can to see up, some yeah. blood. Full, yeah. yeah, but you can, you can actually see that. Uh, it, it's a late sign, but you can actually see there trachea their trachea starting to shift to one direction as so, all the structures yeah. get pressure on them it pushes it so, so is that all that air just like pushing on like the entire mediastinum like all the structures in there pushing it over yeah yeah so interesting stuff yeah so cool. then the next one we would talk we talk about is open pneumothorax so an open pneumothorax is it's in the name right so now there's an this is the bullet wound right it goes into interestingly enough we assume that an open pneumothorax would be a tension pneumothorax and 99% of the time, it's not because the air can come in and go out, and go out without any problem, yeah. right? Because it goes out through the hole. Now, the lung might still collapse if the outside pressure is like, you know, higher or lower versus inside. But sometimes with an open chest wound, you won't have a collapsed lung because, again, it's it's the what's causing the collapse of the lung is the pressure gradient mm-hmm. between the two. If I have an open wound that's gone through both and when I breathe in, air comes through all that space and out through the hole in my chest and also can come back in that way. Like sometimes I might not have a collapsed lung in that environment, hmm. which is interesting. I don't think people necessarily understand that part all the time too. Yeah. Cause again, you're talking about the intrathoracic pressures being off. Now I can have an external wound that does cause an, a, like a pneumothorax. That's an open pneumothorax. Um, 
And for that, a lot of times, too, we still have to put a chest tube in and then close that external wound. Right, but then leave the ability for you to burp it because of that pressure buildup. Right. So, like, if I completely close that off, now I'm going to have an issue with too much pressure building up in that lung as I bring air in and there's not a way for it to escape because I don't have the normal means of, because I have a big hole in that lung, right? Right. So that's why, like, when we patch an open pneumo, we'll patch it like on three sides and we'll leave one side of the dressing where we can kind of lift it up and burp that and let air real, come out let air come out so that so it, we, we kind of monitor them if we start to see like a chest uh build up or we start to hear you know bad lung sounds on one side we can burp that to kind of decrease the pressure in there mm-hmm. and keep them breathing normally and again that's closing an external wound to like for a collapsed lung is a temporary thing, sure. right? Like, like we're going to end up having to put a chest tube in next to that open wound potentially. So because the air has to, it, the body takes time to heal, right? So we, that wound has to heal naturally on its own. And in the meantime, we need a way for that, that air to be pulled off essentially. Cause again, the chest tube too is not just a tube that lets the air go out to the atmosphere. The chest tube itself is typically attached to some type of, to a, little box actually that has water in it that allows for us to like suction mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of suction happening so we're pulling that you're air creating out. like negative yeah, yeah exactly negative we're pulling pressure. that negative we're creating negative pressure to pull that air out so that we it's a vacuum right so that the the lung can stay inflated and the tissue inside can heal from the open side that also brings us to like hemothorax so this is not a collapsed it can be a collapsed lung but again, now it's not air in that potential space, in that blood. pillowcase. There's blood, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in, a, in a traumatic pneumothorax, like if you, get a gunch, you could have blood in that space too. Well, hemothorax doesn't necessarily, like maybe we shouldn't talk about it as if it's a type of pneumo. I mean, well, it's, it's not. not. Like, like right. You can have a hem, a hemothorax can happen from just like blood filling in your lungs. That's still considered a hemothorax, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's blood in that potential space instead of air in that potential yes. space. The mechanisms can be very different. Right. Like now, this it. is different than like if you had blood in your lung tissue and it's soaking into the alveoli and that's causing like a, a, a prevention for you to be able to exchange oxygen. We're specifically, a hemothorax would be literally blood in the pleural space. Yes. Correct. Exactly. The okay. space between that parietal so, and visceral pleura. So, but considerations you need to make, right? Because the blood might not just be in, to the, in that space in between. It might also be in the, soaking into the lung tissue and interrupting alveolar function and things yeah. like that. But they're separate things. Yeah. We're call, we call them different things, right? Yeah. So I have to get the blood out of that pleural space so that the lung can re-expand all the way. Mm-hmm. And I have to you know, there's not much I can do, but I have to essentially treat the trauma that's happening to the lung itself, right. which could be something like a pulmonary contusion. So like you can have bruising of the lung, which is exactly what you're talking about. Now, I, if I bruise the lung, when you get a bruise, it turns black and blue in your mm-hmm. arm, right? It's because the blood vessels are all broken. I can do that to my lung. You hit me hard enough in the chest, I could get a pulmonary contusion. My alveolar space is going to be filling up with blood from like micro vessel disruption mm-hmm. And on an x-ray, it's going to almost look like a pneumonia, right? It's going to, I'm going to see this like cloudy consolidated well, so area. So that's what I was going to say. It's like, I, I don't want people mixing up a hemothorax with like, if I had like severe, like CHF or anything like that, where I have um, 
or COPD where I have like fluid build up in the lungs. A lot of times that fluid is blood. You know what I mean? We say fluid, but a lot of times that, that can be blood. Like you can have bleeding into the lungs that you would handle with like deep suction and trying to like heal that area. That yeah. doesn't really have anything to do with a hemothorax. Yeah. 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 So yeah. really there's, there's three things we can define depending on what's in this plural space we're talking about. And again, that plural space is that space between your visceral pleura and your parietal pleura. Those two, fibrous kind of thin layers one attached the parietal being attached to the chest wall and one being attached to the lung you can have a pneumothoraces pneumo meaning air so air is in that space you can have hemothoraces means bloods in that space and then you can have what's called just a pleural effusion which is basically just fluid buildup in that same kind of space and it's usually dependent and it falls to the bottom right and that can be caused from like congestive heart failure this is where like the the lungs itself are congested so they're almost leaking just general fluid mm -hmm. into that space also now we're not going to put a chest tube in because you can't get such a big pleural effusion that it fills the space up and i can go in and drain it in that mm -hmm. way in other sure. in other processes you. you can yeah. but uh, yeah. so but yeah and things still like in terms of assessment this is like obviously your obvious assessments are going to be things like hypoxia and mm -hmm. difficulty breathing and you know but like you can listen like pleural effusions like you can hear like a like a plural friction rub sometimes you can hear like there's things that you can hear where you have that like chest tightness um correct you're texting somebody no i'm not texting i'm looking something up but yeah absolutely so you can have you can have both of those things i just want to verify here with plural because adding in a plural effusion at what we're talking about this um it makes it a little more complicated for people to understand i'm just very like so that fluid build up it is in that same space but it's not uh, it's not something you would put a chest tube in for necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, to your point, like I said, there you signs and symptoms are going to be similar, right? Hypoxia, shortness of breath, and asking enough questions to understand a potential mechanism, right? Do, maybe they, do they have COPD? Do they have you know another another like so like Marfan syndrome and some of these conditions that cause. Uh, issues with different tissues in the body, like can cause problems with the pleura, like that pleural. So like those can rupture, you know, more easily. Understanding if they had a trauma or, a, you know, a chest wall issue, that type of thing. So getting the right history, the signs and symptoms can be the same. Um, and again, to your point, it's going to be like lack of breath sounds if there's like a pneumothorax because there's just air sitting there. It could be muffled breath sounds because there's fluid buildup in that area. So again, just paying attention to those things. Cool. So that kind of covers all of it. You, you were like worried that we weren't going to be able to cover all of it in a short period of time. I yeah. feel like we, you nailed pretty, it. It's Great pretty job. straightforward. So my notes for this were simply simple tension, open hemo and pulmonary contusion. So Chris didn't have a lot to go on. Nah, so it worked out fine. Not, so not again, and the, the, the purpose of this is just to give you a quick summary and breakdown. The main part, when you're thinking, when you're studying about pneumothoraces, when you're really just pay attention to that plural space. Once you can understand how that visceral and parietal pleura sit, like how they sit on one another and where that fluid or oxygen or air or whatever it might be is going, that's going to help you way better understand why certain things could turn into tension versus why others wouldn't and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think like one of the things I struggled with when I was learning about pneumothoraces was thinking that the lung itself was like a balloon that had popped. And that's not the case, right? There's this like potential space in between outside of the lung. The lung itself is like a spongy yeah, tissue. Yeah, if you've ever if you've ever dissected or anything like that, like you know the lung isn't this big balloon that you can pop. It's right. this big thick 
spongy tissue. So like when we talk about the air inflating the lungs, air is coming down the airway passages and it's inflating the alveoli in the lungs, you mm-hmm. know, you know, those, those grape like clusters and those exchange are happening. And yeah, you'll see some expansion. Like you see a sponge expand and, and contract, but it's not, it is not a balloon. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's not like if you popped, if you stabbed into the lung, you're, it's going to be like stabbing into a piece of meat. It's not yeah. like stabbing into a balloon and now it doesn't exist. Anymore. And that's why a lot of times you could stab someone in the chest right into their lung and they wouldn't get a pneumothorax necessarily because, right. again, like the tissues all just open there. So, again, I think that concentrate on that piece as you study this, as, as you review this type of thing. That's really the main part to understand, to really understand how all these things work. Then it just becomes as simple as we talked about, like defining it based on its mechanism, tension, open, simple, spontaneous, that kind of thing. So Cool. Well, that's all we got for this week. So uh, take care. We'll see you next time. Stay sweet. Hey, guys, thanks so much for taking a listen. Uh, If you are studying for the National Registry exam, we're here to help. We have a National Registry prep program uh, to help you pass that exam. Check us out at guardiantestprep.com. If you'd like continuing education credits uh, for listening to our podcast or watching this on YouTube, Follow us at guardiancme.com, 100% free CAPSI credits. Uh, No matter what state or country you're in, uh, we're here to help. So again, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week.